Welcome back to Millennials vs. Money, presented by the Cashflow Crusade. I'm your boy, Rion. I'm your host for the podcast. As always, this is nothing new. Um, this is something that you should know if you've been following the podcast. So we're going to have another Financial Friday. Always, you already know, we're on schedule for our Financial Friday episodes. And for this episode of the podcast, um, I'm going to switch it up a little bit. So I'm actually going to talk about um, some misconceptions that people have with uh, their financial products, right? Um, a lot of people have some misconceptions that, frankly, can hurt them financially moving into the future. So I really wanted to make an episode geared around some of these uh, misconceptions that people have with finance and um Man, let's let's just go ahead and jump right into it. So the first one I want to talk about is, um, you know, your actual retirement, right? Because there's some people that I've talked to that have retirement in, you know, these different brokerages and they have retirement at all different types of places, which is fine. Um, there's no specific place you have to have a retirement account at. There's no specific type of retirement account that you have to have. Um, but one thing that I definitely will say is you really want to make sure that you understand where you're putting your money, like what's specifically because not every retirement account is made the same. Not all of them are equal. So, you know, so many people have this misconception like, OK, I'm just going to go open up an IRA because I know it's good for me. Well, IRAs are good for you. That's absolutely true. If you got the mindset to start investing, that's great. That's absolutely good. But here's where the pitfall comes. So you go and open up your IRA. And let's say you go to your brokerage, um, wherever it is, right? If you want to go to Charles Schwab or Edward Jones or wherever you want to put your money. There's there's no better. There's no worse. Um, but when you sit down and you open up this brokerage and it's a actual actively managed account. Well, essentially what that means when it's an actively managed account, it means you have some guy that's behind a computer that essentially is trading your money in the market and trying to beat the average market return, which they usually base it off of the S&P 500. So you have some guy that's trying to beat the S&P 500, which I'll go ahead and tell you right now, statistically, they usually do about one out of 10 times. So nine out of 10 times, statistically, your actively traded account will never beat the average rate uh, inside the stock market. So the problem with that is most people will get into an account and they'll see, okay, because every actively traded account has an account management fee. And I've actually had some clients where I've seen their management fees somewhere between two to 4%, which is insane. And that's an annual fee. So here's the thing that really gets people with the misconception about this. So they'll get into the IRA and they'll sit with the account manager and, you know, he'll explain, hey, you know, this is this is what you got. Um, I'm going to make you money. Right. Oh, great. You're going to make me money. Cool. 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 OK, well, this thing, you know, there are some fees, but, we you know, we'll go over that. But here, let's tell you a fee. You know, you're going to have a fee of, you know, two to three percent. That's me managing your fee or managing your account. And, you know, there's going to be some other fees, but don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. Um, but there will be some fees and people are like, okay, cool. Because in their head, they're like, man, okay, well, I've got a 3% management fee. Oh, that's not that bad. I mean, you're only taking 3% of my money. I'm keeping 97%, right? That, that must be it. 
Well, guys, you got to realize, yes, they're taking 3% annually. You're keeping 97% of your money annually. But you're looking at the wrong percentages when you do that. What you need to think about is, okay, they're taking 3% annually. You need to look at not how much you'll have left percentage-wise, but how much you will be taking from the amount that is growing, right? Because if I have a 3% management fee in my account, right? So my account manager is taking 3%. And if I only get, let's say the market is okay, right? But you know, a great market average is going to return about seven, eight percent. That's average. But let's say that the market is okay, right? And I only get five percent out of the market, and your account manager comes back and like, hey, you know, we did we did okay, you know, we we got five percent, right? The market might have been kind of bad that year, but I still got you five percent. That's awesome, right? Yeah, yeah, okay, man. So your account grew by five percent. Yes, this is true. But did it really grow by five percent because? The percentage you have to look at when you're when you've got this three percent management fee is that they're taking three percent out of what you make. So people think, okay, I have ninety-seven percent left. Yes, that's true if you look at it as a whole. But you got to look at, okay, my account grew by five percent, but I just lost three percent in fees, so really only grew by two percent, right? And even bigger than that, you have to remember that inflation is generally two to three percent every year so if you grew at two percent that year but inflation grew higher at a higher percentage than your account yes your account balance grew but you didn't really make any money because if you think about it if inflation is higher than your rate of increase in your account you didn't make money you really lost money that year even if your account balance grew so that's what people get kind of confused in this Kind of, you know, that's one of the biggest misconceptions that I see. And, um, you know, I'm not going to go super deep into that, but that's something you want to understand when you're, you know, you got, you open up this IRA. I'm happy that you do, but look at the fees and maybe you might want to just invest into index funds in a passively traded account. Those nine out of 10 times will beat the account manager in the stock market. So that's the first misconception. Second misconception is that I don't have to save for retirement now. I can just make up for it later. Well, okay, that's true in, in some instances. So, you know, a lot of people, especially millennials, man, this is this is our generation's thinking like, okay, I don't have to save for retirement right now. I can just make up for it in the future. Okay, I'm gonna tell you the biggest issue with that. So right now, if we look at just statistically the number of accounts right now, that have less than a million dollars in in their in their account balance, right? And you know, you might be like, man, a million dollars is a lot of money. I don't think I need that in retirement. Well, okay, you've got to think about it like this. So inflation is always growing, right? So what a million dollars is right now is not gonna be what a million dollars is when me, I'm 24, when I retire sometime in my 60s. So if you don't have a, a the people that have a million dollars in their account right now are great. But the, re the reality is most of the boomers don't even have that. So this is why you see so many people in their 70s right now still working. You know, you go to Walmart, I make fun of anybody, but you go to Walmart, you'll see people still working in their late 60s to 70s because this issue right here, they didn't save for retirement right now 
Or when you think about it, another reason why people are really hurting right now is because they, you know, let's say like my parents or our parents, or I don't know how old your parents are, but if you invested money in the market in an account that wasn't protected any time between, I'll say the, if you started investing, like, let's say late nineties, right? You got hit really hard because there was there was four market crashes in 10 years. If you started investing in 97, 98, you went through four market crashes in 10 years. That hurts when your money's not protected. That's why, you know, you'll, you'll have to work longer. That's why people are working longer because they didn't save up enough money anyway to start with. And on top of that, they went through four market crashes, which more than likely took out over 50% of what they had in the account to start with. Um, but, the big misconception, like I said, is that we don't think we have to save for retirement now because we can make up for it later. The issue with that is if you want to make if you want to hit a million dollars in retirement. Right. And let's say that this is not realistic by any means, but I'm just giving an example. If you want to hit a million dollars in retirement by 65. Right. And I'm just going to give you an example. Let's say that you're lucky enough every year to never lose money for one, which is not going to happen. And two, you're lucky enough to get an account that gets you seven to eight percent consistently, right? And that's an amazing account, and I'm gonna tell you it doesn't exist. So before you go out and looking for it, you, um, yeah, that's that's not out there. Never lose money and consistent seven to eight percent every single year for forty plus years. It, it doesn't. It's not real. But let's just say that even existed, right? In the perfect world, what you would have to put away. Let's say for me, for me to get to a million dollars by 65 right now i'd have to put away about 300 dollars a month every single month consistently to hit 65 at a million dollars that's what i would have to do but the problem is every five to seven years that i don't start putting money away that number doubles so if i don't start putting away at 25 and i wait until i'm 30 well it jumps from about 300 to right around 500 to $600 that I have to put away a month. So, you know, I know a lot of people in their thirties right now that can't even afford to put away $600 a month. So the reality is if you don't start saving early, it's going to hurt you. Let's go a little further, 35 to 40, right? Now you're looking at putting away a thousand dollars a month for retirement, right? Let's go a little further, right? Now you're looking at 1200 to 1500 once you get into your 40s 50s and 60s obviously you're going into $2,000 a month $4,000 a month once you actually hit 60 right realistically people can't afford that and that's the problem with really where our generation is headed and I said all the time which is why you know we even started this podcast for millennials and really trying to educate them about these financial concepts right because it's it's a scary realization when you sit down and really think about it, that, okay, okay, you know, before I even say that, I always say that, you know, in history class, we have this thing called history, right? And I actually, I asked my, I said this before, if you heard the story, then you already know, but I used to hate history in school. I used to hate it. I used to be like, man, why do we got to take this? This is dumb. I don't want to take history. So one day I asked my history teacher, why do we even take this? This is old stuff and it's irrelevant nowadays. So why are we still taking it? And he told me we take history 
so that we know what happened in the past and we don't repeat the same mistakes. I mean, hearing that, you really can't argue that. That's true. So why aren't we applying that to our finances? Because we've got all the proof that the normal stigmas, the normal ways to save money, the normal mistakes that a lot of our parents made are not going to produce the type of retirement that we are looking for. So why would you still wait to put money away? You already see a lot of times you can look in the generation right now that's retiring, the boomers and the, the generation right after them, which is a lot of our parents. You can look right at your proof right there that not putting money away quickly enough will bring you into retiring in your 70s. And I talk to a lot of my clients. They cannot physically retire because they just don't have the money, you know, and it's sad, but it's the reality. We don't put money away. And when you don't put it in the right account that's protected, this is your future. So that's another stigma. And really the last one, just to not make this episode super long. The last misconception with money in retirement or just, just financial products total is that life insurance is literally just death insurance, right? I actually had, a, had an appointment last night um, with one of uh, my clients. I was actually doing a training with one of my agents and, you know, the client had, had told me, he's like, man, Honestly, I'm a skeptic for life insurance. I don't, I don't really believe in it. There's some things that I don't really understand. Um, but, you know, I, I really just see life insurance as death insurance. And in some instances, I can see why so many people see it like that. Because, it, I mean, that's just the way it's portrayed. That's the way that we understand it. When I pass away, whatever I sign up for is going to go to this person. Just like car insurance, right? When it, whenever I sign up for car insurance, whenever I get into an accident, if something happens to me, um, that's what is going to be covered. That's the amount of coverage I have, right? Just like any other insurance, renter's insurance, this is the amount of renter's insurance that I have. If I get into a, a renter's whatever, someone breaks into my house, um, you know, you're going you're gonna to cover my stuff up to this amount. Life insurance isn't that simple. So... There's three parts to life insurance, right? We, we understand that life insurance has a death benefit, right? And the death benefit covers if you die too soon. That's, that's the death benefit portion of life insurance. If you die too soon, that's what's covered. And that's what we understand. When you die too soon, you need a death benefit. And that's whatever you sign up for as far as it could be $100,000 up to a million, two million, whatever you sign up for, that's a death benefit. But there's three parts of life insurance. Now, if you die too soon, you need a death benefit. If you live a long life, you need money for retirement, right? So the, you can actually, inside of life insurance, build some sort of retirement, if you would. It's not an investment, but life insurance does have the option to build money inside of it safely. So like we were talking about just a little bit before, there are some issues with certain IRAs that you can get into, not only with the fees, but your money is absolutely not protected when it's invested into mutual funds, stocks, and other things like that, ETFs, and so on. So that's something that you have to remember um, when, when you're actually trying to think about life insurance as a way to grow money. 
Life insurance is a safe investment. You're guaranteed to not lose money, which is a huge difference from most other investments. You really won't hear that anywhere else. Um, so like I said, if you die too soon, that's when you need the death benefit. If you live a long life, that's when you need money for retirement, which you could get with cash value out of life insurance. The third one is what if you become disabled, right? What if you become disabled? So I, and that same client I talked to last night, you know, he was telling me, I'm good. I've got, um, I've got money in retirement. I've got a 403B. I've got a TRS. So I'm good on the retirement end. And as far as life insurance, um, I don't really need it because it's covered through the district that I work with. And, you know, they give me $40,000 of coverage. I don't have any kids. I'm not married. So I'm good, which makes sense. He, he may not need any additional life insurance because $40,000 will definitely cover him without any issue. Not a problem. His retirement, he's got a 403B, he's got a TRS. Yes, those aren't my favorite accounts, but he's putting money away, so I'm happy. But what if, and I asked him, that's great, but what would you do if you physically became disabled and could not work physically to put money into the account? Like, you've got good options, and I'm, I'm happy for that. But what if you physically became disabled, something happened to you, God forbid you get into a car accident, get cancer, have a stroke, have a heart attack, and you physically cannot go to work for whatever reason, then what are you going to do? And he was like, well, I don't know. And most people don't think about that because we think about, oh, I'm just going to retire when I'm 65 and you know I will have built up enough money to have a good life. If you can, if you can, that would be the case. But if you can't, this is where a lot of people's lives essentially spiral down because they don't have the money to, if they're disabled, you know, you got a lot of things that come along with being disabled. Obviously, people that have cancer have a really hard time with paying medical bills sometimes because of literally the fact that they haven't built up enough money and there's nothing that they have as far as insurance or anything that covers um, getting an, an illness, right? You might be able to have short-term, long-term disability, but there's some gray areas with that that realistically they don't have to pay you for. So what would you do if you physically could not work or put the money away? That's where life insurance has the third benefit, which is called a living benefit, right? They cover, you know, if there's four living benefits inside of life insurance, and essentially they cover if you get into an accident and you have to have something amputated, like a critical injury, um, if you get a heart attack, stroke, or any kind of cancer, that's where they would cover that. Um, or if you, you know, you get a terminal illness and the doctor says, hey, you got less than two years to live. That's when you would be triggering a living benefit inside of your life insurance policy. And they'll either pay out a monthly benefit or they will they'll either pay out a monthly benefit or they will actually uh, dissolve the policy and give you generally 80 to 90 percent of your death benefit. So if you've got five hundred thousand dollars of your death benefit, you might get somewhere between three hundred to four hundred thousand dollars up front as a check while you're alive that's a big deal a lot of people need that money if something were to happen to them and god forbid they got cancer there you can go pay your medical bills you have a heart attack here's a monthly benefit until you're able to go back to work stroke here you go this is stuff that people need but they don't have access to so this is why we see gofundmes right this is why we see plate drives and fundraisers and all this different stuff. But the reality is life insurance is too cheap to do that. If you just spent 
$20 a month, right? To prepare yourself to not have to go through any of that stuff, 20, 30, 40, whatever dollars a month to put away to either build money for retirement or protect yourself from having any of those issues, would you do it? Most people wouldn't. Um, so that's the message today, man. Uh, those are the three three misconceptions that most people have with their financial products, whether it be retirement, um, whether it be anything. Um, that's something that you definitely want to keep in mind. And I really wanted to express that on this Financial Friday episode. So um, as always, I really, really, really appreciate you guys for listening. Thank you for being a subscriber. If you're not subscribed, go ahead and hit that subscribe because we drop three episodes every single week on this podcast consistently. And I would love to have you join the Clash Flow crew. So as always, I will see you guys in the next episode.